It has been a blessed past, not quite 24 hours, I said just, just under 17 hours now, I guess, when we lit our candle, came together and we said, we're going to start this time, and just a reminder that during this entire time that it stays lit, we're going to be praying and worshiping God. And during all those almost 17 hours, I never slept a bit. That's all right, though. You know, I, I stayed up here and thank the Lord for the 1 a.m. Whataburger blessing from Robert. Thank that just about saved my bacon, almost literally there. I mean, it was, I needed that so bad. Thank you, brother. Um, except for kind of like just a barely, I don't even count as a cat nap between about 3 and 3.30. I stayed up and... So I'm, I'm just giving a warning this morning that uh, the message comes with a disclaimer. If I start talking nonsense, it may make sense to me, but if it doesn't make any sense to you because I'm so tired, just nod your head and say, that was the best I've ever heard. That's great. Just, just go with me. I'm not sure all of what I'm going to say today. Uh, just, just trust me, though, as we go through it. Um, you know, when we decide to do the 24-hour prayer thing, I, I step back and said, you know, how can I be involved? You know, I'm the pastor. I want to help, and I want to be involved in something. Now, I could have taken the easy way out, because I, I made the sign-up sheet. I had the schedule. I had the first opportunity to pick the, you know, the time. I could have chosen 8 o'clock last night, signed up for an hour, and gone home, and showed up again this morning, and said, see you guys, you know. I could have done that, but I said, like, you know, I wouldn't be looked too nicely upon. So I said, you know what, I'll just be there. I'm not going to sign up on the list. I'll be there to fill in the gaps. You know, if there's things that come up and somebody can't make it, wherever there's, you know, that gap that somebody can sign up for, I'll fill that one. So which slot did I get? 4 a.m. That's, you know, I should have seen that one coming from a mile away. I got the 4 a.m. shift. And let me tell you, I am a night owl. I love staying up late, but there's something about 4 o'clock in the morning. I mean, it's just a little bit past being up late at night, and it's just way too early to call it morning. It's just 4 o'clock ain't worth anything. I don't like 4 o'clock in the morning. I wouldn't have chosen it if it was just completely up to me, but 4 o'clock was there. You know, you ever heard the old song, Sweet Hour Prayer? Sweet Hour of Nobody wrote Sweet Hour Prayer at 4 a.m. It didn't happen, I promise you, okay? So I was kind of like, I was hanging in there, at four when it came to my time to come and spend an hour in here in prayer and worship. But God showed up. You know, it was one of those times I was kind of like, I was wondering if I was going to have the energy. I was wondering if I was going to be able to stay awake and stay focused and what God would do. But it was a sweet hour of prayer, I'll tell you that. It was no agenda. It wasn't some grand revelation. It was it was just an hour of sitting in here with worship and just being in the presence of God and just, just communing with my Father. And that was awesome. So much so that when 5 a.m. rolled around and the Tanners walk in for their uh, 5 a.m. shift, I was ready to go. I mean, I, I didn't go lay back down. I'd, I was fired up because God had been doing mighty things. And let me tell you, if you didn't get to be a part of it, that's what has happened over a lot of the past, again, almost 17 hours. In fact, even right now, we have somebody down in the chapel praying right now in this very moment what's going on, and God has done some wondrous things. I love it when I see people commit to prayer and grow in prayer. 
But the truth is, I've been a Christian long enough, I've been a pastor long enough, and I've dealt with church members and, and believers long enough to know that one of the most common issues in people's lives is prayer. One of the things they struggle with the most often is having a healthy, vibrant prayer life. That's sad because, as Scripture lays out to us, prayer should be a staple of the Christian walk. I mean, throughout God's Word, we're reminded that we are to come to God. He wants a relationship with us. And it's not just this one-sided thing. He wants to hear from us, and He wants to reveal Himself to us. It's all throughout God's Word. And we're also told that through Christ, we are to come boldly to the throne of grace. We are to come with confidence. Scripture tells us we have the unveiled faces, meaning there's no longer anything that separates between us and God through the Son, Jesus Christ. That we are to come with that confidence before God. And we are to come and pour out our hearts to ask anything of God, have the faith to bring any request, to share anything on our heart. Prayer is supposed to be a huge, regular element of a Christian's walk, but why do so many people struggle in it? You can't deny, based on God's Word, that to have a relationship with God should be paired with a life of prayer. But some of you know this, because maybe that's where some of you are. A lot of people, even those who say they are born-again believers in the Lord through Jesus Christ, a lot of people still struggle with prayer. To be some of you this morning, when you hear us announce that we're going to do 24 hours of prayer, and you can take an hour. Uh, you might be like my boys, who when I told them that I was going to come up and you know, be up here all night praying, and they said, all night? I said, I, I say everything in five minutes and I'm done. You know, Some of you may feel like that way too. You know, some of you may not know what to say. Some of you may struggle. It feels awkward. One of the comments I've heard a lot, it's been a long time since I talked to God. And friends, that's not the way it should be. You were made for discipleship and communion and fellowship and that relationship with God. And one of the core elements of that is a life of prayer. And it shouldn't be something that you continually struggle with. I know there may be seasons of when it's very fresh and just powerful and seasons where it's, you may struggle through it, but prayer should be a regular marker in your life. But I want to admit, we must all admit, sometimes a lot of us can struggle with that. I can't look back on my entire walk with God and say that all the years and all the days and all the times that I had a vibrant prayer life. There have been too many seasons of my life where prayer became a lesser priority, where it didn't become a used tool that God had given me, and I suffered because of it. And so I want to remind you on this day that we kind of end our year, prepare for a new one, where we've come out of this time of great emphasis of worship and prayer to be reminded of what should prayer look like in your life. As the sermon title says this morning, this is how you should pray. Scripture this morning is going to give us the example of how you should pray. 
I'm going to tell you right now, it's not just follow a couple of memorized lines. It's not just show up to the weekly prayer meeting. It's not just get down on your knees and fold your hands and look like you're pious. It's not what it's about. God so much wants us to have this relationship and communication with Him. He tells us how we are to pray. So this morning, I hope that God can speak to all of our hearts and give us a reminder of how we are to pray by looking at, well, some extremely familiar verses and words you're probably all going to know about prayer. We call it the Lord's Prayer, although I'll tell you in a minute why that's probably wrongly named. Listen to these words as Jesus gives this example of how to pray. In Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9, says this, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Can we go back to verse 9, the first scripture screen for us this morning? Thank you. Now again, there's probably not anybody here this morning who hasn't heard these words, said these words. I mean, they're everywhere. They they come uh, a tradition as well known as almost anything in the church. And again, we call it the Lord's Prayer, although that's something man has added. That's a title we've given to this. I like how one commentator said it. It really shouldn't be called the Lord's Prayer. It really should be called the Disciples' Prayer. Because Christ does not, Jesus does not come here and say, this is the prayer. This is the Lord's Prayer. This is the magic formula. You say these words and this order and this tempo and you're blessed. No. Look what it says. Look at the beginning of it. This, then, is how you should pray. It didn't say this is what you should pray. It's not these exact words. It says this is the manner. This is how you should pray. This is the heart behind the issue. I, call, you know, I say I like that term, the disciples' prayer, because Jesus was teaching his followers how to pray. Because even in that day, people struggled with what a real prayer life was like. In fact, in the verses before that, we see that Jesus addressing those who uh, either you know, stand up in, in front of others and put on the show and they're hypocritical and, you know, look at me, I'm such a good prayer warrior. And then he's, he talks about those who just go word after word and just you know, try to impress people with the wonderful things they have to say. He's like, that's not any of it. This is how you should pray. But how often have we messed this one up? In fact, I mean, as lovely as these words are, and as well known as we are, how often are they treated as the magic formula of prayer? You've seen it. I mean, you you see it in the locker rooms for the sports teams. You see it on the battlefield in the times of desperation. You see it, I don't know if you do anymore, but you see it in the classrooms around the flagpole. You you know, you might see it in other places, and people will drop to a knee and, Our Father, who art in heaven. And they start repeating the words. Let me get it clear. I hope I don't offend anybody this morning. 
I know this is a well-beloved, uh, you know, verses and awesome prayer. But you are not more godly, not more blessed, not more righteous, not more anything, just because you know how to recite these words. They are not magic words. God is not hoping that 10 times a day, 20 times a day, 100 times a day, that you call out the Lord's prayer. Friends, you can say all the words you want, but if there is no heart behind it, there's no meaning behind it, what has that prayer been? It's kind of, I'm going to get on my soapbox here for a moment. I have been in so many different prayer things over the years, prayer meetings, prayer circles, prayer conferences, prayer revivals, prayer whatever you want. And I, so many times I've been in a prayer situation and I hear people praying and they get into what I call the blessed bees and the be wits. You know what I'm talking about? Somebody's there trying to pray. Oh, God, bless, bless so-and-so. God, and would you be with so-and-so? Oh, and God, don't forget, bless this person. Some of you right now, you're going, I just did that this morning. You know, like, you're going to be praying later today, and you're going to say, be with somebody, God. You're going to catch yourself. There's nothing wrong with saying the words, but let me ask you, do you know what you are asking for when you ask God to bless somebody? Do you know what you're asking for when you say to God, be with somebody? I always kind of get this mental picture of God going, okay, I am with them. Prayer answered, you know? I mean, like, what do you really want me to do? What are you asking of me? I say a lot of times in people's lives, this, it becomes filler language. Let me just say, oh God, uh, bless this person and just be with this person. And, and our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. All right, we're good, God, right? That's prayer. No, that's not the heart of prayer. Just because you filled up some empty space with some words, some, you know, repetition, you know, a, a, a well-known prayer, that doesn't mean prayer took place. And one of the things we have to get across, and, and Jesus is showing us, is just how you should pray. The heart behind the words is what matters, not that you can just fill up the space. With words everybody can repeat. Now there's nothing wrong with the verses. And that prayer is an awesome prayer. It can, it, if it's done in the right manner. And with the right intention and understanding. It's a wonderful prayer. I mean Jesus spoke the words. But you get where I'm coming from when I say. If you just say it to say it. Whether it's this or something else. Is it really prayer? So consider for a moment. That Jesus is saying, here's the manner, here's the example, here's the heart behind prayer. Let's pull that out of it. Let's consider what Jesus was telling us of what's behind the heart of a person who prays. This is how you should pray. And the elements are all in these verses. I want you to hear this. Because this, if you're the one who struggles with a prayer life, if you're not sure what to say to God, if you feel foolish when you get on your knees before Him, if it feels awkward, if you haven't done it in a long time, you're not sure what to pray and how to pray, this begins to tell us. The first thing, the first you know, kind of big picture idea behind what prayer is, is a recognition that God is God and I am not. That's the first heart behind it. In fact, that's the main emphasis behind that whole prayer. It is to get the focus off me and onto God. 
Listen to the, the first words. Our Father in heaven. So where are we recognizing He is? Not on the earth, but heaven. I mean, completely separate from us. An awesome, you know, angelic place. Hallowed or holy or revered be your name. So, Father, you are God in heaven, not on earth. You are above me, better than me. And your name is worthy of praise. It is putting all the attention, all the focus on God. It is recognizing God for who he is. That he's not just some created being of our mind or of our hands, but he is God overall, above all. He is in heaven. Hallowed is his name. Revered is his name. I love how that prayer starts. Just go on. Listen, listen to the words. Go on to the next screen for us here this morning. You, you've heard these. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. I love that recognition because what is it saying? You are God and I am not. And so it's saying, God, if you are God, you are God in heaven, and holy is your name, then your ways, your thoughts, your plans, your everything is better than mine. So take that all of you, your will, and what you do, take that from heaven and bring it right here in my life on earth because my plans, my way of living isn't getting me anywhere. You know, I love this time of year when we're prepping for the resolutions, the New Year's resolutions, right? It's, I mean, year after year, people do it. Even though they know that almost every one of them fail, they fizzle out. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. I, I have my plans and goals for the upcoming year. But the reason so many fall apart is because they're done for our own glory and on our own strength and in our own will and for our own pleasure. And instead of recognizing, God, you are God and I am not, so how... So your plans, your way of living must be better than mine. So God, I want what you have, I want it here. The first part, the first heart of this prayer, I mean, just the, the cornerstone of this prayer that Jesus is teaching us is to spend time of recognizing who you are compared to God. Now, we don't like that, do we? You don't like me telling you that he is God and you are not. And he is better than you. And he is over you. And he knows more than you. We don't like to hear that. I don't like to hear that. In fact, the longer I stay away from a regular attitude of prayer, the more myself becomes inflated. The more my wants and my will is more important. I begin to say, no, I get to be God. I get to make the decision. I get to do what I want. Why would I want somebody else lord over my life? And we'll do that until it begins to fall apart and realize we just make a mess of it every time we try to do it. If you haven't hit there yet, Brenda's coming. Because if you run your life, you won't like the results. So part... I'm, a foundation of prayer is beginning and saying, all right, 
I am not as good as, and big and as awesome as I think that I am. You are God and I am not. And what your will is in heaven, I want to hear. I want your plans over my life. If you don't know how to pray, if you struggle with it, it begins in that, not with fancy word, not with just repetition of a well-known prayer, but it comes in just honestly expressing to God, recognizing who he is over you, that he is better than you, and that is an awesome thing. And surrendering, saying, God, your will, not mine. I love the next part of it. Maybe my favorite few words. No, go back, please. Go back, please. Maybe my, maybe my favorite few words in the prayer. Give us today our daily bread. What does that teach us? What does it teach us in how to pray? It teaches us to have the attitude of, I need you, God, every day. It begins with, you are God and I am not. And it continues teaching us how to pray by saying, I need you, God, every day. Give us today our daily bread. I love it because what is, it doesn't say give me today and tomorrow and the day after that. Give me all I ask for right now when I want it. Give me today what I need from you today. Give me the daily bread. It's not talking about the food you put in your stomach. Most of us just look down. We got plenty of that going on, all right? It is talking about God's presence. God, I need you, God, today. I need your mercy. I need your grace. I need your forgiveness. I mean, Christ, he is the bread of life. I need Christ present today. Tomorrow's got plenty of other things to worry about. I'll deal with tomorrow. I'll take comfort in the fact that God's mercies are new every morning. But I focus my prayer on God today. This isn't saying, these few words is not saying, here, take your laundry list before God. Here's God, what I want this, and I want this, and I want that, and I'll love you if you do this, and I'll you do this. God, give me your presence. Give me you today. I want you, I need you today. I need my daily food. I need my daily sustenance. I need my daily provision, and that is only found in our Savior. Right? When Jesus came to the woman at the well, she was drawing the water. He says, I have living water. I draw from living water, a well that will not run dry. She said, I want that. i got to keep coming back for this water. What are you talking about? The well that, that will not run dry. Talking about the relationship with him. God, I need you today. An awesome day begins when I begin to recognize, one, God is God, and I am not. So I don't get to claim control over my life and over my day. And two, that I need God's presence and power in my life today. And when I start praying for those things, whether I pray these words or not. I can still pray these words if I understand what I'm asking for. Or if I don't, if I pray something else because it's just the heart behind it, God begins to do mighty things because we start to say, God, I need you every day. Then what's the last part? Put up that last screen for us. 
Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. What does that remind us? What does that tell us of how we are to pray? We begin with by saying, you are God and I am not. We continue on by saying, God, I need your help every day. And it ends by saying, God, I need your guidance in every way. Right? I love this. This last part of the prayer, what is it talking about? It's talking about living out the relationship we have with God. Living out the things God wants us to do. It says, God, you are forgiving us our debts. That's not just talking, it's not talking about money. Right? The trespasses, the sins. God, you are a forgiving God. And you tell us we're supposed to go forgive others who have hurt us, who have trespassed against us. And God, when I go out in the world, there's temptation everywhere. God, I need you to guide me. I, don't need just, I, just, I need your presence on me today, but God, i got to go out and live this out. God, help me be you today to those I encounter. Help me show forgiveness. God, help me recognize temptation and flee from it and find the way you provide it out. God, help me deal with the things that are around me. God, I need your guidance. In every way. It's just a reminder saying, God, when I try to go solve my own problems, God, when I try to go figure it out, when I lean on my own understanding, it doesn't work out. Why? Because you are not God. You can't see the things he sees. You can't know the things that he knows. So why would you try to solve it on your own? You see, three core elements of this prayer. It's not about just reciting and hoping God is pleased with me because, as I said, the prayer everybody knows. It's recognizing God is God. It's recognizing I need help, and it's recognizing I need guidance from God. And just telling them those things. Just telling them those things in prayer, whether that takes you five minutes or an hour. When those are the core elements of your prayer life, he leads you to so many things. Prayer is so deep and so expansive and so awesome. I mean, I, I, you can't ever get to the bottom of it. But you start in a prayer life like that. God, you are God, I am not. I need your help, I need your guidance. Share that heart with him. Let me, uh, let me close with a couple of last thoughts. I'll make it quick, I promise. I, I kind of intentionally skipped over a little section. Why don't skip, oh, we read it. I just didn't talk about it. Go back to the first screen for me, would you? The first scripture screen. <clears throat> this then is how you should pray. Our Father, who art in heaven. Right? We all know those words. Sounds pretty formal, doesn't it? Doesn't, doesn't sound like an intimate, close relationship. Like I'm about to write this very formal letter. Dear God, Father. Yeah. This is one of these Bible passages. It doesn't translate all that awesome very well in our context. You know, it, it gets the right word. We don't always catch the meaning behind it. The original language that was used here was not this formal, you know, just distant kind of relationship like, whoa, there's God <coughs> way over there, and I'm way over here. 
The term that used that we see as father was extremely intimate. In fact, if we wanted to translate that with kind of our culture, our setting, our understanding, you know how you translate it? Daddy. I mean, honestly, that's, that's what you'd say. Um, that's, that's the night when Jesus is saying, this is how you should pray. He didn't say, all right, everybody get in the proper stance and say, our father. Daddy. I love it when my boys call me daddy. I'm not father. I'm daddy. Intimate. Close relationship. When Jesus is talking about this life of prayer, he's not talking about this formal, this, you know, I gotta be proper and I gotta, you know, say the right words and have the right attitude, and there's God. And he's saying, no, this is to be a relationship and a wonderfully, awesomely close relationship. This is this is daddy. Now, when I tell you this, some of you go, yep. That's right. That's my prayer life. God has brought me to a place of prayer where it's like I'm talking to Father, and whether I use Father or God or whatever, it's like I'm talking to Daddy. I mean, that's the intimacy. That's the closest I feel. Some of you this morning, if I tell you the word Daddy, you're like, I don't know, I can't do that. It feels awkward. Like, I could never dress God with that kind of contact, intimacy. That's just, uh-uh, no. There's a, there, I mean, there's a lot of people that kind of just it bugs them. Like God's supposed to be, it's supposed to be this very formal, proper thing. And Jesus is saying, no, call your, call your dad. Call your, call Abba. Daddy's right there. Now, if that's awkward, if that doesn't seem natural to you, then it's for one of two reasons. Either one. You have neglected the line of communication God has put there available for you. Because if you're not talking with God, you're not going to feel very close with him. Think about the relationships in your life. Think of, you know, brothers and sisters, parents, husband, wife. If you don't ever talk, you don't feel very close, do you? But you talk and you have that intimacy. You You have that special name those loved ones because you talk if you begin to neglect that that begins to go that go away it can be recaptured but it's not the same so if, you, if you're hearing this talk this daddy stuff you're like uh-uh maybe it's because you just haven't been talking to god and i admit if you're not if you don't have that open communication with god if you're not seeking him prayer this one i'm describing does feel strange it doesn't doesn't feel natural. It becomes that way. But it's not at first. Or it could be this. And this is the scary part. If you can't see God in that kind of closeness, or you can't get to that place, you know what it may mean? That you don't have a relationship with Him. That there is a separation between you and God. And if you don't tell anybody else, you know it. There's God, and you got really nothing to do with him. And this thing of Abba, Father, Daddy, like, uh, 
No, because you have not been reconciled to God. The only way to have a relationship with God the Father is with the Son, Jesus Christ. You can't, you can't fix that. You can't repair that until you go through the Son. So, do you have that kind of closeness? Do you have that kind of intimacy with God? If you don't, I, I'm, not, I'm not judging. This is, this is not me standing up here to stomp on some toes. This is me to tell you, here's what Christ said, here's how you pray. And if you recognize a problem, I'll be the one to, to help you see it. But you've got to be the one to do something about it. And this is my last thought for you, and we'll begin to close. You may say, I, you, you know God the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ. You've made your decision, but you still admit you struggle with prayer. You say, it's been a long time since I really talked to God. That closeness and that intimacy is not there. I don't know what to say. I feel foolish. I don't know if he's listening to me. I don't know how to listen to his voice. You say, you tell me how to pray, but it's still, it's not. You know how you get better at praying? Practice, practice, practice. You start doing it. There's no magic light switch beyond first coming to salvation through Christ, but there's no thing that's just suddenly going to turn you into this awesome prayer warrior overnight. You start talking to God. You start learning to listen to His voice. You start creating the intimacy. You start using the thing that He gave you just to pour out your heart to Him, just to tell Him what, what you're thinking and feeling and, and just sit in His presence. And the more you do it, the more natural it becomes. And the, and the more you're looking forward to coming up and I'm ready for an hour of prayer. I'm ready for a day of prayer. I'm ready to pray because it is a part of my life. It is a part of who I am. So if you struggle with prayer, I wish there's not this just magic fix. You know what you need to start doing? Start talking to God. You know, stop listening to me for a second. Start talking to Him. If it's been a while, yeah, it's going to feel awkward. You're not going to be sure what to say. You don't know if He's going to listen. All the things that come with it. But time and time again, people develop a life of prayer and always come back and say, wow, prayer works. All right, I lied to you. One last thing. I told you how to pray. I didn't. Jesus did. It still leaves one big question unanswered. Why should you pray? Why? Let this sink in for a minute. Because the God of the universe, Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, creator of all things, God Almighty, wants to hear from you. A worm such as I, and he wants to hear from me. Are you kidding me? Why wouldn't I pray? 
that God doesn't want to be some far off God, but wants to be my Abba, Father, Daddy, who wants to hear everything. And just, just wants me in his presence and recognizing his role for my life. God wants that from you. That's why you should pray. Because that is so unbelievably awesome that he loves you that much. Maybe you're not even sure that he does, but it's time to find out. Hmm. The original plan for the service this morning was to end with a challenge. Because we had the next few hours to go over 24 hours of prayer and worship. And we had a few open slots of things people hadn't signed up yet to get the last few hours. Plans change, and that's okay. We've got the weather, and we need to be safe, and we need to go home. So I don't get to just sit here and challenge you and say, who is going to start talking with God and stay here? Nah. That doesn't mean the challenge really changes. You know what? You think you could maybe pray on the way home? Keep your eyes open as you drive. Can you pray at home? Can you pray as you go to bed and when you rise? It's awesome to come pray here, pray for our church, pray for all the things. that I mean, it's wonderful. It's awesome when the church prays, and we're going to have more opportunities to do for that. In fact, as you heard, Wednesday, We'll get the word out. You show up. If you missed the last several hours of prayer, show up because we're going to have some awesome church prayer time together. But it still is the choice on you. Are you going to go home and start talking to God, the God who wants to hear from you? Right now, go for him. Let's start talking to God. Right now, bow your heads, close your eyes. The praise team is going to come up and lead us in song invitation in just a moment. But right now, let's not wait any longer. You heard me talk long enough. Time for you to start talking to God. What are you going to say? I know some of you are like, I haven't talked to him in a long time. I know some of you are admitting it. Maybe it was there one day, but it hadn't been recently. You're not sure what to say. It feels awkward. Well, you know what? It gets easier the next time and the time after that. Just start talking to God. Jesus told us how to pray. Think of the things. Recognize God is God and you are not. Just, just spend a few moments just recognizing who God is. Just, just tell Him that. Just, just, it's simple admission of saying, you are God in heaven over all. Your name is worthy to be praised. Your plans are better than my plans. Your will is better than my will. You have more strength than I do. Just recognize who he is. Less of you and more of him. That, it, it begins to be awesome. When you begin to, to kind of deflate that ego and pride and everything else and just start recognizing God. Take just a moment and, and 
Say, God, I need your help every day. I need you in my life. I need you. I need my daily bread. I need it today. It, got some needs today. Got some hurts. Got some issues. Say, God, I need you, God, over this today. I need you present in this day. Don't worry about tomorrow. As the scripture tells us, tomorrow's got enough trouble of its own. Today. Today. God, I need you today. I want you in my life today. I want your presence before me today. I want to see you today. I want to know you today. I want to talk to you today. Today, I need, give me today my daily bread. Just tell them that. In the simplest, honest, most honest words you can say this morning, say that to them. And then take just a moment and say, God, I need your guidance in every way. Just admit it's okay that your way of doing things isn't always the best way. You don't have to get in all deep in that right now, but just, just admit to him, because we all know it, you're pretty good at messing it up when it's up to you, because I am. And to say, God, I need your guidance. I need your guidance as I go deal with other people. When I got to forgive the hurts that they've done to me, help me remember how you've forgiven me the hurts I've done to you. Take a moment and say, God, help me in those temptations. They're all around me. I see them every day. Guys, I need your guidance in every way. Scripture tells us, don't turn to the left or to the right without his leading. Just start talking to him. It's okay if it's just a few words. It's okay if it lasts and lasts and lasts. Just start talking to God. Because, friend, if you have a relationship with the living God, He wants to hear from you. And prayer is such a powerful tool. It's such a wondrous thing. You can't neglect it. And maybe it hasn't been working for you, but guess what? It's time to fix that. Maybe you need to put some of the other resolutions and the plans and other goals aside and say, you know what, I'm going to focus on talking to my Abba Father. And, but I can't pass this last thing up. If somebody here, you're trying to talk to God right now, but you know there's that distance. I mean, it's not a distance that you, can't, you can fix just because it's been a while you talk to Him. Now, there, there's a distance because there is a separation. There is a veil between you and Him. Sin separates you. He is God over there, and you are where you are. The good news is, He's still ready to receive you. But you got to do it His way. His way, not your way. His way is the way that seems foolish to the world, that nobody in their right mind would pick. But God chose the foolish things to shame the wise. He gave His Son, Jesus. You can call it a fairy tale. You can call it make-believe. I don't. He gave His Son, Jesus. By faith in Him, the sinless one who died for your sin, sacrificed himself, went to the cross, buried, rose again. It says, through the Son, come to the Father. It's a simple but so profound thing by just coming and receiving the Savior. You know it. Even if I can't see it, God knows it. You know it. If there's that separation, time to deal with it this morning. In just a moment, we're saying, come forward and just grab my hand or grab the hand of another leader and just say, I'm tired of being separated from God. Help me. Help me.
or right here. And maybe somebody this morning just saying, I need help praying. I'm just struggling even knowing what words to say. It has been so long. I'm so out of practice. Help me. Come on. Come on. Just say, help me. Some of you in a moment as we sing, that, that's your prayer. I love to pray as I worship. When it's not just, again, not just saying the words, just to fill the gap, fill the time, but saying it to God, worshiping God, praying to God. It's time to start talking to Him. If you've been doing it, you know how valuable it is. You're right on board. Oh, but if some of you would just today commit to go talk to your Abba. So, Father, I come right now just seeking this awesome and mighty thing that people's hearts will be broken, that every single person in this place, in this moment, and this time right ahead of us, God, that every single one of us will start talking to you. God, you can do that. It, you can do it over my voice or the music, God. You you hear our prayers, God. You, even when we struggle with words, you know our heart. God, I pray that there is not one person that sits here to say so prideful to say they refuse to talk to you. God, I, I pray this year ends in brokenness and in restoration. I pray that people are saying they're tired of living for themselves, trying to do it their own way, trying to say they're smarter than you. God, or, there's people who, here who love you and know you, but just still just neglect of the prayer. Too busy. Too many other things. They're just, just forgetting. God, we all do that sometimes. God, I don't know the different hearts and situations, but I just pray right now, people, your people are talking to you. God, if somebody just... They're trying to talk to you, but right now what you're revealing to them is they got to deal with the first thing, the most important thing, the salvation thing. God, let them know. Let them know there is, a, uh, there is that separation there. You got to begin to just turn that heart to you. God, you can, you can provide the effective call way better than I can. Call the heart and just say, you need to be saved today. God, let that person know it through their bones. Let them know it, God. So that they won't hesitate, but they'll run for it. Say, I need to be saved today. For the person who needs restoration, for those who need repentance, God, for those who need to forgive their debtors, for those who need to handle temptation, God, I pray we're just talking to you today. Thank you for being God. Praise you that I am not. And help me understand to keep you as Lord over my life. That we worship you, we thank you on this awesome day. It is cold outside, but God, your spirit is so warming and so inviting. It's like who would ever want to leave your presence? That's what I want, God. I want us to linger, just to linger in your presence. God, we thank you. Move as you will. Convict as you need to, God. Just speak, comfort, restore. God, just 
do mighty works in this time. And let it be as your people begin to talk to you. God, we thank you, we worship you, we love you. Uh, Jesus.